The Bible Study Podcast, episode 326. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of John as we finish chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We get away from healings that we were talking about last time when we start talking about authority. John 5, starting in verse 16, the authority of the Son. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them an answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, Even so, the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and he will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming, and it has now come, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man." Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to life, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So Jesus opened a can of worms by healing that man that we talked about last week on the Sabbath, healing the man who'd been paralyzed for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. And the man got up and walked, and people saw him carrying his mat, and they said, hey, you shouldn't do that on the Sabbath. And the man basically blamed Jesus and said, the man who healed me, he's the one who told me to do it. So Jesus starts to get persecution. And really doesn't, in this case, shy away from it because he immediately throws oil on the fire, basically, immediately makes it a bigger deal because not only is he a Sabbath breaker in the eyes of people, but he starts talking about God in the terms, my father. And so they immediately start thinking that he is a blasphemer. He is calling himself equal with God because that's what that would mean in that context. Because he says, my father is always at work this very day, and I too am working. Now, in other places, he has given less direct responses to this question of the Sabbath in other gospels and in other situations. But in this particular case, he basically is claiming authority from God even over questions of what is right and wrong to do on the Sabbath. And that is quickly going to get him on the wrong side of the Jewish leaders, as you could imagine. And it's interesting because this particular section here, 
doesn't talk about the response of the Jewish leaders. And I'm thinking that as he's saying this, there would be a loud response in the background. And John doesn't choose to record that or will tell us later on. But he, in this section, he lets Jesus finish this thought. He basically says he's bringing what the Father does to us. That he sees what the Father does and the Son will do it also. And that also, as the Father has the ability to raise the dead, and we saw that back in Ezekiel in a valley of dry bones, then the Son also can give life to whoever he wishes it. To whoever he is pleased to give it to. And he also says, moreover, that the Son is going to be the one who will be the judge. So he is telling these people who are telling him that he is breaking the law, that in fact he is the judge of them. He is the one who they will stand before. Moreover, that everyone will stand before him. That at some time, not too far coming, that some time, that even those who are in their grave will come out and stand before Jesus, and they will stand before him and they will rise to life, or they will rise to be condemned. That on the last day, basically, as we are told elsewhere, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's a pretty bold statement that he is saying here. There are other times that he is more cagey, but at this time he reveals himself to them and says, here's the story. And what about us? Do we understand that when we're reading in the Gospels about Jesus, when we read what the epistles have to say about him, we're not just talking about someone who is a good teacher. We're talking about someone who the whole world, living and dead, will stand before as judge. That all authority that the Father has have been given to the Son. That he is intended to be not just Savior, but Lord. Someone to be obeyed and not just someone to be listened to. Although listening to him isn't a half bad place to start. Continuing on in verse 31. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently, because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me, but if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe, since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. For, but since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? So Jesus says there are three things that give testimony to him. 
The first one he mentions is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was well-received when he first came. As Jesus put it, he gave a light that you chose to enjoy for a time. But he says, even more so than John, is the things that I'm doing, the acts that I perform, this healing that I got in trouble with a few moments ago, is performed because the Father is testifying to me by giving me the ability to do these things. And then he says, even more than that, you put your hope in the scriptures, but if you look more carefully, you will find me there. You will find me in the scriptures, and they testify about me. And so he says, Moses himself will be your accuser. You put your hope in the law, and Moses, who wrote about me, is going to say, but how did you miss the one whom God sent, the one who John testified to, the one who the Father testified to, the one who the scriptures testified to, how did you miss the one that God sent, and how did you reject him? Because ultimately, when all is said and done, that time that Jesus just referred to, when the dead will rise to life or to condemnation, when all is said and done, it is who you know and not what you know. It is whose you are. Are you Jesus, and does he know you? And that's the only thing that matters. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.